This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Football Podcast. This is episode 31. I'm joined by Ben and Dan. Um, and we're here to talk, or well, probably rant more than talk, about Arsenal's 1-1 draw against Slavia Prague at the Emirates in the UEFA Europa League quarterfinal first leg. <laughs> Who wants to kick us off? <laughs> Who wants to rant first? No, I'd, I'd like to start. It's just... Um... I think it's really exciting because um can't wait to be back in the UCL next season. Um, UEFA Conference League. <laughs> we're, we're destined for it. It was horrendous. We The performance was just so frustrating. Like I, I tweeted out saying that the mediocre, like how mediocre this side is. It's just humiliating and how far we've come. And now we're struggling to beat teams like this. And so many times this season, it's taken other teams to score or to do something for us to like show a reaction. And why is it taking onto this for us to then do something? Like last night, we just never got going. And the second we do get going, we score a good goal. Game management mentality weak. It's just yeah, it was it was not not good to watch. And I just. I'm filled with dread and worry for next season. I'm not going to lie. I was annoyed from the start. That team selection, <laughs> that team selection pissed me off. To be perfectly frank. <clears throat> just, just go for it. I mean, I don't understand the point of playing Willian. Like, I mean, the guy's got to play sometimes. You can't just go on the desk and like sign all the papers. No, I'm not saying that. But I mean, it's such a, like if you're going to play him, play him in the games that don't really mean anything. Like you're playing against Sheffield United, who are bottom of the league. What's the point him? He's done nothing for us this season. Why play him in a really important game? You could argue that he he's like a game like this we're expected to play well in. Like you couldn't expect everyone to play as poorly as they did last night. And Willian in recent weeks hasn't been as poor as he was at the start of the season. We have to give him that. And yeah, and we've we've praised him when he had some form and got some assists. Yeah, yeah. But but he got two assists in two games and then he's gone back to being dreadful. Like I don't want to criticise the players, but I mean the team selection. I don't want to criticise the players, but I'm going to criticise the players. The team selection was wrong from the outset. I think. I mean, we couldn't help the injuries we've had with Odegaard and with Tierney. It made sense. Cedric at left back got behind that. Better at right back. Yeah, fine. Probably expected it, but physical side, I could have understood if Chambers played. Um, midfield uh, is what it is. 
But William, I just want to see some youth or like some like Martinelli is. You saw when he came on. Why did it take seventy-one minutes for Arteta to make a sub to bring on uh, Martinelli? Then four minutes later, you make a triple sub. I don't. I don't understand. I just don't understand some of the decisions he makes. And every like. I'm not even on this Aubameyang hype. He got an assist. He should have scored anyway. I did one thing that game. He's saying like, well, Martin Kieran and Karen Carney and uh, the pundits were like, oh, we changed the game. He did one thing. It was dreadful night. Everyone was poor. Saka should have scored. Lacazette should have scored. I'm not having either of that. They were both dreadful. Missed guilt-edged open opportunities. We should have won that game 4-0. Absolutely nonsense. We shouldn't have been worrying about qualifying. Dreadful. Unacceptable performance in a European European quarterfinal. Now, now that you've got your rant out of the way, Josh, shall we talk about the game more um, sensibly? I suppose. Uh, I think that was a very fair and sensible assessment, but we can break <laughs> it down further if we if we want. Well, I mean, I I, I agree with you in principle. I think the lineup was um, not not the best. I mean, I don't I don't mind William playing particularly. What I did mind was seeing. The two right footers on the left hand side. Um that just it just doesn't work, does it? It just it just doesn't work. If you're gonna play a side, the 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 whole Arsenal game plan seemed to be getting runners in behind the Slavia Prague defense. But if you're going to make the pitch narrower, it makes it more difficult for the players to run in between the defenders. So it just seemed to be so counterintuitive. And then there was the, I think, I think Mikel Arteta have to take a portion of blame here because he, I mean, even before the substitutes, I think he, the way he set that team up, he, we should, we should, as Arsenal, be good enough to go and play like we've been playing all season and beat Slavia Prague comfortably. We don't need to turn up and try and, you know, try these new tactics of having Smith Rowe run from number 10 off the last shoulder, off the shoulder of the last man, rather. Um, you know, no space in the middle, get holding Gabriel on the ball as much as possible, let them dribble forward with it and find those passes. We don't need to do that. We needed a player at number 10, like we've had all like we've had since January, to you know link up the play and then we could play properly instead of this sort of it did just seem a bit West Ham like like West the bad West Ham, not 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 now West Ham, like four years ago, West Ham. Three um, years ago. It seemed very reminiscent of um before Unai Emery got sacked. I mean, we, we, we can't beat around the bush. It, it did, like, it just, the team, something Mikel Arteta was praised for so much when he came in was structure and discipline. Why are these things suddenly not in place? Like, pressing as a team needs to see that, defending a formation, a shape. And all of, all of a sudden, it's like, these things aren't being focused upon as more. Is that the manager or is that the players struggling to maintain the levels of what's expected of them? Because Mikel Arteta, he talks, he talks a brilliant, brilliant game and on occasions he's shown it. But I just wonder, is, is he still just like, is it still way too soon? Like, I'm not Arteta out at all. I, I do believe he can... I want to give him that chance, but I think if we get knocked out by Slavia Prague, you have to ask questions. Mm. I, mean, I think this is the inexperience of a coach 
let's be frank, he's not a manager. He's never had managerial experience. He's a coach. Um, and I think either, like you said, Ben, adapting to the situation or just routinely playing the seam and the tactics that the players are used to and not chopping and changing it. And I think, you, I'm again, I'm not a better at, but we need an ex, someone experienced in there and we don't have that. Someone who's sort of, not the pedigree, because obviously as historically as fans, we expect a lot more and we're not at the level we were 15 years ago. And we all know that, but we still have high standards and playing tactics as we did in a European quarterfinal with someone who's had 16 months of management experience. I mean, are we, I don't know why we're surprised this is happening because we've seen it happen before. It happened last season against Olympiacos. I know he was new to the job, but we didn't see out the tie and we really should have done. And it gets to places, I think the FA Cup has papered over some cracks and we've sort of let things slide because we won the FA Cup and the way we won it was brilliant. We beat Chelsea, great. We beat Man City, great. And then it's a dreadful season domestically. European edge through against Olympiacos. I mean, need to now go away in Prague and win like straight up I, I, I just we worried I worried at the time when he got the job that his inexperience would come back and bite him and it it looks like it's going to and I don't know what that means I don't know well, whether someone in as an assistant with a bit more experience just to guide him or mentor him or having someone there's Edu's not experienced in the role he's in which feeds down, and there's there's a pro- there's problems throughout the whole squad, and I think I think that we're never going to achieve anything that we want to achieve at the moment with with the way the current structure is. But 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 let's be fair as well and say that if Arteta had had better players in that tie, or if our players had performed better, it wouldn't be a question. We'd be saying Arteta got his tactics spot on. You know, those runs were brilliant. Those setup was brilliant. We won 4 0. We're basically through. It is a lot on the players. And I mean, you look at um, the, the equaliser, for example, Cedric getting the ball at left back. I know Arteta selects him. And, you know, that is his cross to bear. I would have played Saka personally, but I mean, that's a whole different matter. But the, the, the choice to go back to Gabriel in the 93rd minute, despite being told to go long by Arteta. And playing there's us into danger. So much he can do. There's only so much he can do. Like, yeah, he can't. He can't play the game. It's not just down to him. It's down to the players as well. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think you look at the chances we had, like, the chances we had, and the mistakes we made. Aubameyang scores that Lacazette chance. Yeah, nine times out of ten. Um, but there again, you could say Lacazette presses more than Aubameyang, so Aubameyang probably wouldn't have got himself in the situation yeah. in the first place. So it, it's it's a difficult one. It's but it, you you can't compare and you can't say oh if we had a better winger. Or if we had no, not a better winger, because I think Saka's been brilliant and it's harsh to criticise him. If we had a more experienced winger, I mean, but we've got in, that in hindsight, you look at if we sign Zaha and those rumours have come back again, Zaha scores that one on one. No, no, I know, I know, I know it's 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 all hypothetical and it doesn't count for anything, but players players made mistakes, I've said they made mistakes. And we really should have seen that game out. And we can't help the fact. But it's not all on him, but 
the players and the management need to look at themselves after that performance and that result. Well, I think Arteta has, you know, a lot of Pep syndrome in the when Pep came in, he obviously had that horrible first season. He signed Bravo and then had that horrid first season with Bravo and Otamendi making mistakes and City not being as, you know, polished as everyone thought that a, a manager who'd just come from success with Bayern would be making them. And then they bought the players. They invested in the players yeah. that Pep wanted. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they've come centurions. They've won the quadruple. They're, they're a brilliant, brilliant side. But are we going to see that investment? Because well, well, City investors thing. are very different to Cronky. Yeah, of course. But I'm saying Arteta, I think, falls... Where, where are some managers? I mean, like, you, you look at um, a lot of the relegation managers that come in, you know, that, that Carousel of Alan Pardew, uh, Tony Pulis, Sam Allardyce, all of them that come in and save, try and save the clubs from relegation every time. Um, they're very good at getting the best out of the players that they have at their disposal. Whereas Arteta seems to be not very good at that in the same way that I don't think Pep is particularly good at getting the best out of players that aren't perfectly suited to his system. And I think that we're seeing a lot of stubbornness. I I hate to use the word stubbornness because it just brings back up memories of Arsene Wenger. Um, But we're seeing a lot of stubbornness with Arteta failing to um, change his plans or change his tactics to suit all the players that Arsenal have. Um, and instead he's trying to shoot on the players that Arsenal have into his tactics. And we're seeing that we're seeing the results. You know, that's it's not going to work. Arsenal need better players to play on Mikel Arteta's system. Mm-hmm. Or they need to change the coach to a coach who's going to get more out of, frankly, some quite mediocre players. There's some worrying rumours coming out of the club. I, I, again, paper talk, you can't necessarily believe everything you read. But interesting reports coming out that Odegaard has suggested that the players, not all the players respect Arteta. Arteta's interview, I think it was picked up. He was asked, uh, have you spoken to Aubameyang since Liverpool? And he's like, I don't get time to speak to every player individually. And that was that was an audio. All, all these reports are it's very convenient because when we're winning games and Odegaard scored a great goal and he's driven us to West Ham, it's all talk about, oh, I'm staying. Um, so much talk about, oh, I've been speaking to my agent and I want us to start putting things in place for me to stay next season. And Do you not read much into it games, then? The second we start losing games, shock horror, oh, I want to leave. I don't speak to the players, a drama. So I think sometimes you, you just got to take everything with a pinch of salt. But with Odegaard, at the end of the day, if he doesn't want to stay with us or Ramajid don't let him, then there's nothing we can do. We've got other transfer targets. And realistically, now we've got to kind of take into account that players might not want to stay with us because we're literally dropping further and further down. And unfortunately, it's how it is. And in previous seasons, we've had a poor run of form at the start of the season. And then we picked up towards the end and potentially won like an FA Cup or we got to a final of the European competition. But this season, our winning streaks lasted like a matter of months. And all of a sudden, we're getting, getting back down to this. And it's just so frustrating because ever since uh, the FA Cup winning season, when oh, just before Oxley changing left up, the players have been saying, oh, we need to improve our league form. And we've gotten worse and worse and worse. 
and like we've got to face it we're declining we're not in like the the league table doesn't lie we're in are we still in 10th or have we dropped down to 11th there's 10th there's 10th there's a game tonight that i think might change it if if results go against us well yeah so we're in 10th position arsenal football club are barely in the top half of the premier league we might not even make the way for conference league it it's it's just at the stage now where we just need to go how much worse can it get is I, I know we've joked about it. Is a season out of Europe, and I know it's financially. I know the we know the answer. I think players would leave. I think players would leave. Is it? Is it? Is it worth? Is it? Is a season out of Europe the worst thing in the world? You let if we keep Arteta, which assuming we will, that we that can't afford to sack him, assuming we keep him, he can focus on one thing. In terms of like domestic football, there'll be no international travel. There'll be nothing. I mean, there'll be less competition to focus on, and we could then look at the Premier League and be like, right, we play once a week, every week, apart from the Carabao Cup game, we might play twice a week every month for a bit. Is it? Is it something that we we need to now accept will happen, and maybe come to come to say, right, for a season, let's let's do it. And like, let's accept the fact it's happened, and we rebuild. You look at you look at Chelsea, and I know it's not the same with the riches, and then they went on to win the league. But the rebuild's been going on for the last like five, six years, hasn't it? But no, but has it? Because we signed one marquee player a window, and everyone was like, "Oh, great, we've got Partey, we've got Urzil, we've got Pepe," and it's like, but you can't just give us one player at a time and then sort of surround him with mediocrity. But unfortunately, I think that's. I don't think anything else is going to. I don't think we're going to sign a load of marquee signings. I mean, I hope the Cronkies, if the Cronkies make me eat my words, then happy days. But I can't see it happening. They haven't done it in the however many years they've been here. So why are they suddenly going to start doing it now? To, to, to be frank, going back to the uh, Euro, Euro, European competitions question, I couldn't really give a toss whether we're in the Europa League or out of the Europa League. I mean, it's you. You see, even even if we win this competition, you see, you watch the games on Tuesday and Wednesday, the quarterfinals, and you think Arsenal are nowhere near that level. No, Arsenal will get hit for six by all four of those sides, and it's just it, it's really indicative of how far we've fallen. But also, a year out of Europe does so much for us in a positive way as well. I think, like. It's really cliche, obviously, but the players get more rest. You can rotate your first eleven less. The players will get more, get used to each other more. Um, you won't have to have as much depth in the squad, which is going to be a huge issue, I think, because Arsenal have very little depth, um, especially in central midfield at the moment. Um, Only going to get weaker. Yeah, and also I think it would be quite interesting to start going back to the Arsenal way of taking calculated risks on younger players you know we've got to start looking at models that aren't um chelsea manchester city or even Bayern munich and buying talent uh the the price point they're buying them for we've got talent we've got loads of talent we've got like some of the most talented players in the league like young players but I'm, i'm saying like in the positions where we don't which you know you're looking at right back maybe as an upgrade central midfield again uh, um, a proper attacking midfielder if, if we can't sign Erdogan, a striker 
you've got to be, I think, looking at the Leicester model or the, even Ajax or the way the RB Leipzig are run and be getting these younger players before they really explode. Because if we could do what Leicester do and really make it, you know, we sell one big player a window and it finances three more players that, again, in the future will blow up in price. We're, we're, we don't like the tag of being a selling club because we've been a selling club under Wenger for so long. You know, Van Persie, Adebayo, Clichy, etc. But Josh's front too. <laughs> but, but the truth is, if we're going to be successful in this rebuild, we'll need to become a selling club. But that's just the hard trick because we can't fund it in any other way. We're not good enough to get to the level we need to sustain income at the moment. I don't and think we need to sign like big, big players. I think, I mean, we, you talk about the position. Our, our attack, I think, in my opinion, if Balogun signs his new contract, I think our attack is settled. We just need more cover in the position. So the likes of Balogun, Martinelli, Smithrow and Saka are four extremely exciting players. You've then got the likes of Partey. You've got Guendouzi, who, like it or not, is a young, exciting player that could potentially come back if, like, seeing what happens. You've then got the centre-back pairing of Saliba and Gabriel, which one that could go for years to come. Kieran Tierney, I mean, I, you can't really call him an injury-prone player, but since he's joined the club, he's been injury-prone. And then you've only got really the right-back where there's talk of Hakimi and more cover in central midfield. And then you're talking about, in five years' time, a team that could go on to be pushing for, you'd hope, league titles and runs in the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, the, the cover at left-back is... Perhaps the biggest, um, yeah, the biggest it, problem Arsenal have. It was we said it in January. It's Joel Lopez. It. Yeah. It's my left back up, back up. If you if you have a injured Tierney and Cedric at right, or whatever it is, is our only natural left back is is a nineteen year old Spanish kid. But but we said we said it in January. I think at the end of the window when we were racing yeah, the window, I missing mean, out on a backup left back when we all of our play comes to our left back. I think you, we were linked to Junior Furpo, but we went for Odegaard. We can only afford one loan. We prioritised attacking midfield, fair enough. But but then why let Kalasnach go? Why I mean, let? I think I think Kalasnach is. I just he's but a disaster. Still, as much as he's not, he's not the he's not the ideal person. He does a job like. But but, actually, but but he's also part of that that clique that Arteta wanted out. You know the hundred percent, hundred percent. He needs to go. But we, if we could have pretend, if we if we knew we weren't signing a left back, I'd rather keep him than play Cedric. There, I'm not going to lie. It's, I think if there's a, there's there's some there's stuff wrong at every level. Cronkies either don't invest money enough, don't want to invest in it, or maybe see their partnership with Arsenal coming to an end. Edu, no real experience. No experience. We, we, we will be able to judge Edu based upon at the end of the summer transfer window, what it looks like. But I don't even That's... think we'd be able to do that either, because I think that at the end of the day, if we can't afford it, because Arsenal seem to be so set on these top targets, don't they? I mean, we, we heard all summer, party an hour, party an hour, no one else. We heard Gabriel, and that was it. Arsenal don't seem to plan shortlists in the same way that Liverpool have said, oh, we're going to go for Canate. If we don't get Canate, we'll get Kabak, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We just seem to have the players that Arteta wants, and he's identified that one player, which is fair enough. Yeah. But I don't think we'll be able to get the five, six, seven of the one player that we need in the summer. 
what I find interesting as well is we've got Partey, but Hussein Mawar, we went so hard for him in the summer, but why is every journalist now coming up and saying Arsenal aren't going in for him again because people aren't convinced? If we weren't, if we're not convinced, then why did we try and sign him so bad in the summer? I, mean, I don't understand that either. Like, but we were a few million off. It's not like it's not yeah. like we, we we bid forty and they said, "Oh, give us 80. and we're like, "Fine, we're not doubling it." But we bid what fifty-five or something, and it's like, "Oh no, we want 60. He was like, "Oh, fine, no, 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 we don't. We're not going to pay an extra five million. It's if you if you're willing to pay fifty-five million for a player, and then six months down the line, you're like, "Actually, we're not too sure if you're the right one." Just remember, this is the same club that bid ninety-two million for Thomas Lamar. So <laughs> there's just, there's, there needs to be a lot of perspective in our we dodged, we dodged one hell of a bullet in that not being accepted. It I was accepted. Know. Lamar turned it down because he was playing for France that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we I dodged mean, a hell of a bullet for that not going through because... I mean, I think he could have been a success in the Premier League. I think he could have done better, than, better for us than what Pepe's producing. Mate, Lamar's been awful. Yeah, no, but he's been awful in, a, in the Spanish League where... In the team that he's playing for, they had good wingers. And I, also, I also think that he's he's not really set out for Atletico Madrid. You know, he's he's been playing left wing back at times. Basically, you know what, he, you know what he did for Monaco was a yeah, good player. Wenger would have probably played him at left wing back as well, to be honest. Yeah, but you look at what he did for Monaco. Came in under Wenger, young French winger, would have slotted into that team really well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he, I. I was. I'm not convinced by Lamar, but. We, did, we didn't sign him, and no. we signed Nicolas Pepe instead, who, to be fair to him, scored a good goal last night, and he's he's looked okay in... I just think he needs, he needs more minutes. He needs yeah. he needs a run of... Because when he was playing on the left, well, for those few games yeah. he played, he was why, quite why good. Why has he not been on there since? He's and then he's just been dropped. The and then he's not played there since, what, Southampton? I think that there's, there's a, a difficulty in this, you know... There's a lot of talk about what Arteta wants in his front four, which is the three creators behind Aubameyang, mm. or, you know, having... It's not behind Aubameyang, because you, you shift him out to the left, you play him up front for a game and then drop him and then... Well, this is the thing. I think, Arteta, I, I think Arteta is scrambling, to be quite honest. I think that he's an inexperienced manager. He doesn't have anything to fall back on. And because he's lost, he's not getting the results with the system that he thinks should work. He's scrambling for new ones. Aubameyang through the middle. Didn't work against West Ham. Worked brilliantly against Leeds. Worked all right against Benfica. So Lacazette in the number 10 as well. Yeah, but this is the thing. I think it's the same as before Christmas. where our, And I think it's the same to a degree under as it was under Emery. When Arteta can see the road... I, I, I mean, I don't think he can see the road running out. I don't think he'll realistically be sacked. But in terms of his credit with the fans, I think Arteta can see the road running out. I think he's desperately trying to find a new way to just get some results by sacrificing what I assume are his principles. Is he is he under pressure though? Like, genuine serious question. Put like loyalty or put put anything of that aside. If we finish tenth without a trophy, it means we have regressed from last season dramatically. Is he under pressure of losing his job this summer? I don't think he's under pressure of losing his job. But How crazy is that? <laughs> He'll be under he'll be under a lot of pressure from the fans going into next season, that's for sure. Because but I think I think everyone at Arsenal very much backs him like at board level. Mm. I think because of the way 
the impact on Mikel Arteta on our club as the whole club. I think Arsenal very much like him in that respect. It's a bit of a Southgate thing. He represents the values of the club very well. But there again, the fans, and also fans will be back next season. I also think that has an impact on it because I don't think fans will have allowed, like you, you say it so much, but fans are quite literally like the 13th, 13th, sorry, the 12th man. man on the pitch. 13, that's a lucky number, isn't it? The 12th man on the pitch. Because, like, there's moments when, oh, you pass it backwards and no fans, like, no one's going to say anything. But if you're in the Emirates, and there's so many times when I've been there, and someone's passed it backwards when you could have passed it forwards, every single person in that place will be screaming at you. And next time, they're going to pass it forwards. Like, there's certain pressures that fans put upon the team that I think come next season will make a difference. I don't I don't want to follow the Chelsea model. And, and again, I'm playing devil, devil's advocate. But regression, and it's not like, oh, we've dropped a place in the league or we finished fifth, not sixth, or sixth, not fifth. But I'll take that no, now. <laughs> no, but I mean, to go from winning an FA Cup and finishing eighth, we saw that as a relatively mediocre season. It's not where we want it to be, but we won the trophy. If we now finish further down the league than what we did and thought was a poor season without a trophy, it's obvious, it's obvious regression. We're falling further behind than what we expected to be. Mm. I know it's an unprecedented... I know there's loads of factors in it, but do you look at models like Chelsea and say, when you see clear and immediate regression, you, you get rid and you think of something else? No, but I mean, we're never we're never going to do that. We're not. We're, we're never going to be Chelsea. But, but for me, Arteta's. You you mentioned that he represents the values of the club. It's a bit like a Southgate thing that he's so safe in that job because he's a. They're not going to get rid of him. Southgate. And, Southgate wouldn't even manage in the Premier League, in my opinion. I don't think that's he, what he did. He got relegated, didn't he, with Middlesbrough? Yeah, I I, w- I couldn't like Southgate <clears> enough to be a Premier League manager, let alone England manager. But, but I'm, I, sorry, yeah, no, but I think Arteta just he, he's he's not going to be under pressure from the board. I don't think he's going to be sacked. Like, I mean, I could I could say I'm eighty percent sure he's not going to be sacked. However, if we do get knocked out of the Europa, if I say if we get to the final and lose to like Man United and it's not a humiliation, then there's only so much you can say. But at the same, but if he do, if he get knocked out by Slavia Prague or we get knocked out like in annoying fashion. And then we finish where we are at the moment. The fans will be piling a lot of pressure on him going to the start of the next season. And if we don't see immediate, if we don't see immediate signings and results by January next season, I could say he could be gone. But you think he's been there sixteen months now? Emery got eighteen. Sixteen, eighteen months takes him to the end of the season. I think it's the fashion as well, though. But you say, like, just to pull you back on what you said earlier. You said winning the FA Cup papered over cracks. I don't think it papered over cracks. I think it bought him time. Yeah, no, and but we, we forgave a lot of we forgave a lot of things with with Emery. He lost us. We lost four one in the European European final, which was don't get it wrong, an embarrassment. And that might be my worst day as an Arsenal fan. Sorry, that might be my worst day as an Arsenal fan. Oh yes, massively, massively. I think I actually cried that night. Um, <laughs> but the way the way we end the season, so we had the run in. Arsenal had the easiest run in, and we pretty much lost most of those games and drew at home. We drew 
in certain situations? Was it to Brighton at the end of the season? Right. Was it Palace and Brighton? We drew. We we needed a win from those two games. Yeah, yeah. And lost to Wolves. The way the way we the way we went about it, we had the easiest run in. We didn't make the top four, and we barely made the Europa League. Yeah. And then we go to the European final and we lose. I think every fan then went, "Well, okay," because because we started the season very well, had a very good performance against Tottenham. And um, I think that's where his side peaked, if I'm being honest. We went, we went on like a 20 game unbeaten run. Yeah, yeah, and and if, if we carried that on throughout the rest of the season, he'd probably still be here. But I think Arteta, because he's won trophies, he's won the fans of trophies, he's created that bond between himself, the fans, himself, and the club. I think the second you win a trophy, that, that's what the game's there for. You're in the game to win trophies. And I think that does buy him time. And naturally puts him, as everyone says, Emery's won more games in a shorter amount of time. But if Arteta's won us a trophy, I'm sorry, but in my opinion, that's what the game is about. That's like so much bigger than he's won more games than him. Yeah. And we've seen the performance. We played, we dispatched of big teams and put in very good performances. But our best performances under Arteta are better than the ones against um, ones under Emery. So I think. I think I just think he's going to be here regardless at the start of next season, unless we lose every game now. I think he's going to be here pretty much. That's a. I think I think the uh, the other thing to point out as well is that Emery was a bad fit at Arsenal. He was a, I mean, he was a, a good coach at points. We seemed a good coach at points, but it's a worldwide brand that you have to up. If you have that, you have to uphold when you represent Arsenal, and you see Arteta. He's always, you know, perfectly groomed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that, I mean, it's little things like that that just make a huge difference. You had, you know, the good evening memes, everything that was going around with Emery. It just made Arsenal a laughing stock, and I think we are still a laughing stock for our performances on the pitch, as much now, if not more. But I think that in terms of the managerial side of it, we've got a much more um, ambassadorial coach than we had on with Emery. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there are other obvious things. You know, you can see a lot of tactical progression under Ars- under Arteta than you could under uh, Emery. Maybe Emery had 18 months and did nothing. Maybe I'm just pessimistic and just think. Yeah, oh, pessimistic, Josh. Really? I'm not calling. I'm not calling for his head. But maybe I just see get the other Guerrero back in. No, maybe I just I see the other side of it and being like, to what point, as a commercial brand of Arsenal, does does this come as protect the brand? Because Arsenal, with no trophies and no Europe, l- l- lose the Cronkays money, and at what point are they going to be like, right, enough's enough? So. It's, it's a disconcerting view and it's a very negative view of, of things. I'm not saying I want him sacked. I'm not saying I think he deserves to be sacked. But football, you can't just see football as, as our club anymore. You've got to see it as how much money does it make Adidas? How much money does it make the Cronkies? And they're going to present their brand. And if... Oh, we've made Adidas so much money this year. The number of kits we've released. <laughs> we're about five different shirts, aren't we? Trust we had a Chinese New Year kit. We had a pastel kit. I think, I think we've made more kits than we've had winter season. I think that's actually a stat. You, you got the what? The home, mid, home away, 
third kit. Hey, don't try count. You'd be going, mate. There's there's there's. Who's on a time limit on Zoom? There's loads. Not because what the I, training not, I kit you've got for the training kit you've got the Adidas Originals. You've got the four two four. Human race. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah, human race ones. There's, there's. Oh, mate, just a lot of kits. Don't, don't even bother. But I think that's actually a stat. I think we've actually released more kits than we've had wins this season. But let, let's let's on our tether. Let's be fair as well, because we are saying this at a low point of our season where we could yeah. still have won a game four nil uh, against a pretty poor Slavia Prague side. I know that's going to come back and bite me next week. But they were absolutely dog last night. They were a bad team. They were reporting we were a bad team last night. We put in a, we yeah, but, right. We put in a horrendous performance, and you can't blame him for all the misses. But we we were an okay side that played very poorly. They are a poor side. And with they're, some they're okay unbeaten, players. They're unbeaten domestically. They've not lost since December or something like. They're it's a good Czech league. No, but you, name but me but another club from the Czech league that aren't Sparta Prague. Oh, I'm going to say Sparta Prague. Uh, Spark Prague, <laughs> <laughs> but this is with all due respect, and they've you know obviously they've had some good players. Sue Fowler and Sue Czech have both shown the Czech league is no joke, but it remains the Czech league. Like if you can't beat a side from the Czech league, like we didn't last night, you've got to look at why. And we should have beaten them with the chances we had. The tactics were a bit wrong. The substitutions were quite wrong. But we have the chances. They were the right. They were the right subs at the wrong time. Don't go seventy minutes into a game without making a change, and then bring on one player. Then two minutes later, make a triple sub. This, I think, I think, by the sounds of it, by the sounds of his pre-match uh, quotes, Arteta had this plan in mind that he would make these changes towards the end because he was talking about his use of the five subs and the fact that he could, you know, change the game at certain points. And in terms of how they affected the game they had the maximum impact by bringing them on when he did because the game switched like literally like a light switch. It was completely yeah, different. Yeah. Danny Sabal came on, we conceded. <laughs> the, 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 pro- the problem was we were so flat to start with that even the, the minor lift we would have got if they come on at 60 minutes would have been probably enough to score a couple more. It's We, we can't judge. We don't, know, we don't know what he sees, what he's hearing. We don't know anything about what's going on. We just see it and judge and say 71 minutes you bring on Martinelli for Willian and 75 minutes you bring on Aubameyang, Pepe and Elneny. And then with five minutes to go you bring on Ceballos. Um We don't know players' fitness. We don't know anything. Um, it was It's just flat. You never know. We might go next season. We, we, next season? We might go next week away to Prague and win 3-0 and then we'll get Olympia. Uh, we'll get I keep saying Olympiacos. I don't know why. Villarreal. Villarreal, probably, or Moscow. Oh, well, no, no, no. We're not, we're not going to curse it. We got a no, one no. But I mean, you'd ex- um, we say this and we'll go and sort of do quite well next week. Um, but we have got a Premier League game at, uh, on Sunday night, um, and that's where our next attention has to be. I, I, I play the, a weakened team against Sheffield United. I think they... <laughs> Play, as, as in as weird as it might sound, I'd play like Willian. I'd play Pepe. Not that Pepe is part of a weakened team, but play play like Willian, Lacazette, and Pepe with Smith Rowe or Odegaard. I, I think, and then I, play your full strength side against Slavia Prague because we've got to go for it. Because it sounds depressing, but we need to go for it against Slavia Prague. <laughs> I, I wish we were saying, "Oh, 
we've got Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League quarterfinal. We need to go for it. We've Slavia Prague. It just showed highlight how far we've fallen, unfortunately. We'll focus more on Chelsea tonight in our preview that we'll do tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think I'm sorry if this dragging on. It's all been a bit negative, but we're all just very annoyed about our result performance yesterday. Um, thank you for listening to us rant and moan and complain <laughs> and try and. Well analyze. done if you've made it this far. Yeah, I don't think anyone's made it to however far we've got. None of us really know how to properly analyse a team and a performance and a manager. Um, we're just <laughs> just fans talking nonsense most of the time. But um, we drew one one. Uh, we've got a second leg next week, got Premier League game of the weekend, and we can only hope for a better result and better performance. Thank you for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, and we'll catch you on Saturday for our Arsenal versus Sheffield United preview. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.